the Internet's most listened-to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show, and I have something to say. Congratulations to the AFC champion, Pittsburgh Steelers, and I am live in Indianapolis. Let's have some music for those Steelers. Steelers, black and the gold. Here we go. This town of Pittsburgh's heart and soul. Here we go. With Kyle Power, we'll get the job done. This is the year we'll get that one for the thumb. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Steelers, here we go. Pittsburgh's gone to the Super Bowl. Burgers ready to throw. Here we go. Toward Randall L. and Plexico. Here we go. Go to Bettis when we need a touchdown. And if you get in his way, he's gonna knock you around. Here we go. Here we go. We know for sure Here we go If we don't get it In the end zone We'll get three points off of Jeffrey Stone Here we go Here we go And there we have it And by the way, to all my listeners I am live in, guess where? Indianapolis, Colts country so I want to say, though, I wish my best hats off to the Colts, the Broncos, but you know, when you're originally from Pittsburgh, you just have to play that song. Congratulations to Jerome Bettis, Ben Roethlisberger, and my big star, Alan Fanica, who's not ashamed to talk about his epilepsy. Congratulations to the Steelers. And that is why, of course, we had to have a Pittsburgher on the show today. Although this person is known nationally, really internationally. Oh, I mean, so prestigious, his background. If I would read this bio to you, you would just absolutely never believe all the accomplishments one person could do in their, in their lifetime when he's so young. But he is a national award winner, a distinguished professor, an international figure, and spokesperson in the rehabilitation engineering, author, a bronze medalist in the Paralympics, I mean, champion for all people with disabilities, and of course, he's from Pittsburgh. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rory Cooper. Well, thank you, Joyce. 
after that, I feel like I could just hang up now. <laughs> well, I bet you didn't know when you came on the show you are going to hear that fight song at the beginning, did you? No, oh, that's wonderful. Yes, well, you know yeah. how we are. Well, you know how we are at Pittsburgh Mania right now in Pittsburgh. Oh, of course. Yeah, yes. Well, well, I wonder, Rory, if you first could begin by telling our listeners throughout the world, because, of course, this show is first heard. Uh, in most of North America, but then it's replayed so that my friends throughout the world can listen to this show and great people they are. We have a big listening audience. How about if you tell them how you first became involved in the disability area? Well, in some ways like you, Joyce, uh, uh, <clears throat> when I uh, had the accident and became spinal cord injured myself, I uh, went through rehabilitation, I... I felt I experienced a number of things that could be improved. And um, my own inclination uh, was towards studying engineering. I was in the Army at the time when I got injured, and after after uh, getting out of the hospital and going through rehabilitation, I entered uh, undergraduate school at California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo and put my efforts into uh, improving the wheelchair. And largely my first wheelchair... Uh, basically uh, fell apart within about the first six weeks because mm. um, I tried to get out there and uh, push about a mile a day and was working up my distance to try to get in shape. And then I thought, well, this isn't going to be very good. And it was heavy and hard to get in the car. And uh, just decided to, uh, I was fortunate my parents had an automotive garage and uh, had machine shop equipment and started working to uh, to build a chair, a better chair for myself, and uh, this was in the uh, early 1980s, 1980-81, and uh, at that time the world wasn't very accessible, and other people uh, started coming up to me and talking about the chairs I was designing, and uh, sort of got me sucked into the uh, uh, disability area. And then I, I was a runner before I was injured and uh, got into wheelchair racing, and road racing was just really starting to blossom at that time, even though a lot of people were still racing in their standard everyday chairs. And probably my real uh, interest in advocacy and the design um, started to grow out of the wheelchair racing movement. Yes, well, you obviously were very accomplished because you were in the Paralympics and won the bronze medal. What 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 was that in? What were you in? I uh, was in. I entered in the. Uh, I got a bronze medal in the four by four hundred meter relay. Uh, I was in the um, fifteen hundred meter, five thousand meter, and ten thousand meter races, as well as doing the marathon uh, at the Paralympics in uh, nineteen eighty eight in Seoul, Korea. Well, congratulations! That is quite an accomplishment. Uh, but if you would know, Rory, you would not be surprised because. Dr. Cooper is so accomplished in so many areas. We're just fortunate to have you in Pittsburgh. And maybe uh, for our listeners, and so you know, they have a rehabilitation engineering department at the University of Pittsburgh that is just known throughout the world and is fantastic. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your work there? All right. Well, um, our, we have a Department of Rehabilitation Science and Technology, and it's uh, I would say unique uh, in North America, uh, and there are some programs that are developing around the world 
that are um, have some uh, some similarities to our department. The um, what's kind of interesting about our department is it's got rehabilitation engineering, uh, rehabilitation counseling, and then and then in a sense rehabilitation science together. You could call counseling and rehabilitation engineering under this rehabilitation science umbrella, but we also have individuals interested in in public policy and regulatory issues. The the goal of the department is really to improve the um, community participation and quality of life of individuals with disabilities through advancing the science, uh, counseling, and technology available to them. The other kind of unique thing about our department is that we provide clinical services through the UPMC Health System Center for Assistive Technology. And that kind of combination, the department is kind of reflects uh, really how uh, research is done and clinical work is done in, in a team approach with engineers, counselors, physicians, and therapists, um, and policymakers working together. So um, our coursework reflects that, and our research program uh, also reflects that diversity as well as that team spirit. And I have a question for you from one of our listeners. Can a person from anywhere in the United States who is having problems, <clears throat> excuse me, with their chair, such as, uh, you know, having a sore from it or whatever it would be, can they go to your facility to be evaluated? Or yes. do they have to be from Pennsylvania? No, no. Uh, you can be from anywhere in the world, and we actually have people, uh, have, we've had people come from uh, Japan and Korea and India and Turkey uh, and other countries to be seen in our clinic. And um, there are people that uh, come travel from throughout the United States. We even had somebody come in from Hawaii uh, to be assessed for their uh, wheelchair or to uh, whatever assistance we can provide. We not only do wheelchairs, but we do driver's training and computer access and augmentative communication and home and work site modifications as well as assisted living, listening devices. So um, There are people that even, there are some Pittsburghers that have moved away but prefer to uh, come back to us, and there are other people that have uh, heard about us through either our websites or papers or um, conference presentations and have decided to uh, come and get their services uh, here in Pittsburgh. Um, let me ask you, you, do you uh, many people have this horrific problem, um, as I know you probably are well aware of having a sore from being in the chair. And for our listeners, that can be life-threatening, that can become so serious, but, you know, it's often not talked about a lot in the media uh, but I'm wondering, do, do you, Rory, at your center, do you have advice that you give to people when they become a wheelchair user uh, in reference to that or not? Oh, of course. Um, I don't think you can uh, be involved in this area and not be aware of it. Uh, pressure ulcers or, or bed sores, as they're sometimes called, are uh, a multi-billion dollar problem in the United States alone. And... Um, in many countries in the world for individuals with uh, spinal cord injury or, or uh, uh, who have had polio, uh, it's the number one cause of death still. And um, there's a number of things that you can do. Unfortunately, there's essentially no silver bullets, but uh, some of the key things are what we call pressure. We kind of use the umbrella term pressure management. And 
through pressure management, we're talking about having a good cushion that matches the individual's needs and body type and uh, also means uh, teaching people to move and do pressure release. And uh, basically that means getting off your, off your rear end. And uh, there's a number of ways to do that, and so we work with the individual to find out what is effective for them. And then, uh, but that can be leaning forward, laying on your lap. Uh, it can be leaning side to side. Uh, if you don't have the ability to lean, then we would look at things like a, a tilting space or a reclining power chair uh, or possibly manual if you have an assistant who can do that for you. Uh, although we prefer to use, if you uh, prefer to have a person have control over their own pressure management, so that um, because we found it to be most effective in alleviating or reduce, minimizing the risk of getting a pressure ulcer. But uh, nutrition is important uh, as much as possible. Exercise, maintaining good tone. So there's, there's a lot of different, a lot of different things, and then just just being real careful, watching your skin. Mm-hmm. Yes, because a neighbor of mine, her brother who has quadriplegia, uh, they did. <clears throat> he lives in another city, and it wasn't until you know someone was visiting him and noticed that there was something on his pants, and when they checked him, they realized he'd had this you know for a while, and uh, she said that you know she wondered why there wasn't more education in this area. But I guess that's sort of like, why isn't there more education about epilepsy? You know, it's sort of with who you're involved with and who your doctor is and who you go to from the beginning. Right, and it's it's how well your uh, how well you the uh, clinicians communicate with you, and um, at what point they communicate with you. So, so you know, sometimes if it's a traumatic event, um, you get a lot of information at one time, and you're not necessarily ready to digest it all. All right, and we'll talk more about that as soon as we come back. You are listening to Dr. Rory Cooper, Professor of Rehabilitation Science and Technology and Professor of Bioengineering and Mechanical Engineering at the University of Pittsburgh. We'll be right back. Informative. Educational. Insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition 
and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome back, and we're talking to Dr. Rory Cooper from the University of Pittsburgh. And at the break, Rory and I were talking about something, and maybe you would like to talk about that for a minute. You were mentioning that although a lot of people with disabilities, when they have a pressure sore, imagine that it is due to their chair alone. That's not always the case. That's right, Joyce. The, uh, a lot of times it's not the chair at all. The, uh, I think a lot of people are sort of trained to watch the chair and the cushion, but a lot of times the pressure ulcer may be due to a non-padded toilet seat or um, a hard sh- uh, shower bench or tub bench or actually sitting on the, on the hard surface of a bathtub or driving in their car without a cushion, and um, sometimes <clears throat> even just you know, hopping out of your chair and just sitting in a hard chair at a restaurant or a bar. And you really have to watch those things. It's a, uh, it can really be a small or even a short-time event that uh, causes the tissue breakdown that can lead later to a pressure ulcer. And so one of the things that we do teach people is to basically always use a cushion uh, for example, myself, I have multiple cushions. I have one on my car seat and another one in my shower, and one on my chair. Um, and then the other thing to just think about is to get out of the chair uh, uh, every once in a while. You know, get out, lay down on the couch and watch TV or, uh, you know, use your recliner so that you're not always sitting in the same position. Mm-hmm. And that can help with blood flow as well. But, and as uh, you said, just being vigilant really really making it a point to know how important this is. Yes, and one thing that a common mistake that people tend to make is they uh, get a small uh, red spot or they even might have a small sore and they they more or less ignore it, think, well, if I uh, just be careful a little bit, it'll go away. And uh, that's not always the case. I mean, I think you need to really, once that happens, you need to do the best you can to get off that rear end. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, I know that every time I talk to you or to Cliff, it seems like there's some new chair going on there at the University of Pittsburgh. So how about presently? What's your newest mobility chair? Well, that's, uh, that's a tough question to answer right now. We have basically three exciting chairs, uh, I think, in development. Um, we'll be entering a clinical, uh, I would say, basically a user trial um, and hopefully a couple of months on a new forward folding chair that's very compact, uh, allows travel to fit up in the overhead compartment of an airplane, 
Wow, that's great. Yep. Uh, you know, to put in a small car, so if you're a parent with a child with a disability and you've got a couple of kids and some groceries and toys, the chair folds up smaller. If you're taking an elderly uh, parent parent out and they need a wheelchair to be transported, it also fits up small so you don't need a special car. Or if you're an active person like myself, you know, I can take it and uh, throw it up in the overhead compartment of an airplane, get down the aisle. So uh, that's that's pretty exciting. We'll be making uh, right now. We're having the first 20 of those made, and the first 20 lucky users, uh, if they're in the within driving distance to Pittsburgh and are willing to participate in the study, can uh, can participate and get a free chair. Wow! The um, other thing that we're doing is we are developing a new pediatric chair, child's uh, manual. Uh, uh, tilt-in-space chair that's uh, designed to be lightweight and um, fairly inexpensive, understanding that uh, parents, uh, that children go through chairs, and we want the chair to fit them, and so we're trying to accommodate uh, both growth and keep costs down. So we're kind of doing some neat stuff with, uh, with Bayer on injection molding parts, and it's going to be, I think, pretty innovative product. And then lastly, we're working on a new electric-powered wheelchair uh, for um, currently for people in India. So it's a low-cost uh, but fully functional, low-maintenance uh, electric-powered wheelchair. It would be the first, for successful, the first Indian manufacturer, first electric-powered wheelchair manufactured in India. Yes, I know you do a lot of work throughout the world, and one place that you are doing work is in India uh, you were telling me uh, earlier before we got on the air, give our listeners an idea of how many people need wheelchairs in India. Well, the estimates of the World Health Organization and uh, the Indian government are about 10 million people in India need uh, wheelchairs. Uh, the number actually is probably larger than that because uh, they don't really keep statistics on individuals who are over 65 and their uh, mobility needs related to wheelchairs. So uh, it's quite a, quite a phenomenal problem. And unfortunately, the, um, about the manufacturing capacity right now is about 60,000 wheelchairs a year, which doesn't even meet the uh, current needs. So those people that are fortunate enough to get a wheelchair provided by the Indian government uh, and manufactured by Olimco uh, can get a chair. Um, Others, uh, if you have the means, might be able to purchase one from the United States or Europe, but that's quite expensive and out of the reach of most people. And so we've been putting our real effort into building Olimco's capacity as well as the capacity of other other groups in India for providing chairs. What happens to these people who don't have chairs? What are they using? Well, some are able to get chairs from uh, worldwide charitable organizations, and others are just very creative, and there um, there's some locally made uh, hand crank cycles. Uh, they're fairly large; they're made for outdoor use only. Uh, things like scoot boards um, or just uh, sliding around on the floor. Um, just about anything you can think of that uh, people can create with their limited means. That's what people use. I really hope that, you know, between the Indian government, our government, 
foundations, agencies, whatever. I mean, what a major problem that is. I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll be able to move forward because I know that in other parts of the world, it's the same. There are other parts of the world where I um, am astonished when I see how many people are using the ground, and that's it. Yes, that's actually, uh, you know, in many, I would say, probably most of the people in the world with disabilities that need a wheelchair um, don't have access to one. It's just really, if you're fortunate enough to be born in or live in um, one of the more industrial countries that you're able to get access to a wheelchair. In India, we're somewhat, uh, hopefully the trend is moving in our direction as industry, as uh, India becomes, its economy becomes stronger and it becomes more industrialized. They'll um, do a better job of reaching out and providing products and services to individuals with disabilities so they can participate in that, uh, those economic and social benefits as well. While we're talking about uh, these areas, you, you mentioned before when we were talking about there's so many different forms of assistive technology, whether it's JAWS software or, uh, you know, whether it's something, whether it's for hearing, uh, wheelchair, no matter what it is. One thing you mentioned uh, before was augmentative communication, that you do work in that area. And how many people do you meet who are employed? Who use augmentative communication? Well, that's a that's a good question. Um, I would say that 10, 15 years ago, I hardly met any at all. Uh, actually, probably one of the first people I met that was employed. Uh, I used to work with uh, when I was in California with Hale Zukas. You might be familiar with Hale. He's mm-hmm. a pretty uh, strong advocate for disabilities mm-hmm. and an augmentative communicator, um, and quite an extraordinary individual. But uh, I would say today, at least, it's it's more. Um, I, I remember going to the Pittsburgh employ to the first Pittsburgh employment conference actually, and I I don't know if there was anybody employed. There wasn't. I remember being at one of those, and there, as a matter of fact, I remember when another wonderful person who's at Pitt is Dr. Brubaker, and I remember when Cliff Brubaker told me, and this was again, as you said, about ten years ago that you could probably count on, you know, one to two hands the number of people with competitive employment. I'm not meaning like, you know, working at a charity or, you know, working part-time. Full-time employment who use augmentative communication. Oh, it's small. But now I think now it's not. I mean, it's, I think it's probably on the order of thousands. Uh, there were, uh, I would say, uh close to 100 at the PEC conference this year, and in amazing positions, working with, working in private companies, uh, working for insurance companies, working for the government, and, you know, not just in, in areas that provide services to people with disabilities, but in, you know, for the Department of the Navy or um, uh, Health and Human Services or <coughs> uh, Homeland Security. So um, I think it's gotten much better. But you got many communication devices have gotten better. Uh, I think I think ADA has done quite a bit in, um, in increasing, continuing to increase access to a better education and just increasing awareness that, that people with disabilities can be um, productive, uh, loyal, and competitive employees. Yes, and we both know one of the people, and that is Jamie Prosso. 
Yes, he's an alumni of our uh, program and uh, quite successful. Um, although in Pittsburgh, uh, we always have a hard time because Jamie's a Dallas fan. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Jamie, if you're listening to this show, remember, Jerome Bettis gave you that Steelers jacket. Throw away the Dallas Cowboys jacket. That is your only disability right there. <laughs> and with that, we're going to break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Rory Cooper, who is known throughout the world for his tremendous work in rehabilitation, assistive technology, and really just being a great civil rights leader. This is Joyce Bender. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what's in your future? Why you are the way you are? Or what your dreams really mean? Then tune in and call in to The Jackie Marie Show with professional psychic Jackie Marie. With over a reported 90% accuracy in her psychic predictions, Jackie Marie answers your questions on psychic phenomenon, dream interpretation, numerology, astrology, hypnosis, recognizing your own psychic gifts, and so much more. Along with her co-host, Alan Richard, Jackie also provides her psychic insight on celebrities, politicians, new items, and a mystery of the week. That's The Jackie Marie Show, broadcast every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, on voiceamerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 
here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to our show. I am talking to Rory Cooper, and I want to mention I am live in Indianapolis at WellPoint. And, and just a comment about that. Today at lunch, I had lunch today with the CEO of WellPoint and with the Vice President of Diversity, David Casey. And you know, I was so impressed. Here's this largest healthcare company in the United States that Larry Glasscock made a point of having lunch with me just to talk about how he wants to employ more people with disabilities. And folks, if you're listening to the show, as Dick Thornburg said at the Tony Quello Lecture Series, it takes that commitment from the top. And a question that they asked me, Roy, that I'd like to ask you on the air is, in your opinion, why is there such resistance to employing people with disabilities in the private sector? Well, that's a tough question. Um, my, my, I guess my real feeling is that people don't have enough. Uh, I think there's two reasons. I think they have their own misperceptions of what people with disabilities can do, and because they don't have any. Uh, or enough personal experience to see what what employees with disabilities can do, they act on those misconceptions. And um, what I would tell them to do is that, that I think that's um, outmoded thinking and that they should see beyond the disability and hire people based on their qualifications. And I think that they will be uh, more than pleasantly surprised. But... Uh, you know, some of it, I think, is when you see a person with a disability and you don't have a disability, you might be looking at, uh, you sort of project yourself into that situation. But that's really um, uh, not an effective way of thinking or even uh, because you just don't get a realistic uh, perception. Oh, and I agree with you. I agree with you that it is an attitudinal barrier because you're a perfect example with what you're uh, working on, all your research projects, that with assistive technology today, it has leveled the playing field so that people with disabilities can compete. Don't you agree? I agree completely, but it still happens to me. I go places and, uh, you know, my staff sends ahead my CV and then I show up and I get this. Look, and people have even said it to me, you're Rory Cooper? How can that be? (laughs) And you kind of wonder, well, what's that supposed to be? But, you know, what it is is they look and say, well, of course, you know, they're thinking a person with a disability or a person in a wheelchair couldn't have done all those things. Um, But it's just, you know, it's just not true. And hopefully, you know, part of it is you need role models. People with disabilities uh, need role models so that they can uh, see what can be done and, uh, employers uh, need examples um, that they can point to and say, well, oh, we've done this before, and it's, it's not a problem. This is, not, this is essentially a non-issue. But, uh, and then, of course, we all have to realize that people with disabilities are, are people, and 
some are going to be extraordinary, and most of us are just going to be um, normal and uh, or average, and and some of us are going to fall below the mean. But um, every one of us deserves a chance. That's right. Yes, that's why Tony Coelho. One of his quotes that I love is, "Give me the right to be fired." You know, and meaning we don't want charity. Right. You know, we just want a chance to perform. If we don't do the job, fine, but give us that equal chance to perform. And I can relate to what you're saying, uh, Rory, because my staff would tell you you would be amazed how many times I'm talking to someone, and I guess they think that, you know, I'm helping disabilities. Boy, what a nice person. And then in the middle of this, when I tell them I have epilepsy or I am a person with epilepsy, they'll look at me and say, Wow, you know, you don't even look sick. <laughs> or one person said to me, you know what, you you don't look that way at all. You look normal. So that's why I was telling my staff I have to start getting wearing an e-badge whenever I meet people. That's so nice. I can point that out ahead of time. But, again, it's all because of what you said, lack of education. You know, lack of education. What, what in their mind they're thinking is not, of course, the way it is. But you, for one, are a great example of uh, that role model you were talking about. You are, anyone listening to the show right now, if your young people need a role model, this is the role model for you, Dr. Rory Cooper, because he's all about competing, he is accomplished, he is intelligent, and he is athletic, and he has a great personality. And on top of all that, of course he's like that because he's from Pittsburgh. We would know he would be that way. But, Rory, I was wondering if you could tell everyone a little bit about Resna. I know you're the president um, and what its mission is and what you're planning to do with Resna. Well, Resna is the, the Rehabilitation Engineering and Assistive Technology Society of North America. And um, our goal is to uh, advance technology for people with disabilities through education, uh, research, uh, networking, and uh, public policy. And uh, the, uh, some of my goals with Resna have been to uh, strengthen our web presence, uh, increase our involvement of students and consumers, people with disabilities, and um, we've been pretty busy uh, with some of the changes that have been taking place within uh, Medicare and Medicaid services. Uh, they've been addressing issues of uh, power wheelchair coding and eligibility, and that effect, of course, uh, has a profound effect on individuals with disabilities, but um, strengthening our journal and communications with our members. So this been a number of things. Um, I guess the other thing is that uh, we've been strengthening our partnerships with our uh, worldwide organizations, such as the European organization, the Japanese organization, and the Australian, so that uh, we can work together on issues of common interest, because a lot of the technology and, and policy and practice issues are not necessarily unique to the United States, but they're really worldwide problems. So uh, those are issues we've been working on as well. But we've got a good board, and uh, it's pretty exciting. The conference is going well, and our conference is going to be in June of this year in Atlanta, Georgia, and it is open to the public. So anybody, uh, and we actually have an, an exposition with a number of 
manufacturers and suppliers and new new technologies will be there as well. And so that uh, I'd recommend people that can get to the area to come and, and check it out. And how do you uh, find out more about that conference? Do you go to the Resna site? The Resna site, yeah, it's very simple. It's just uh, resna.org, uh, R-E-S-N-A dot O-R-G. It's pretty easy to find. All right, that's that's www.resna, R-E-S-N-A dot O-R-G. And that conference is in June. That would be a great thing to go to since it's open to the public. If you're in that area or if you're interested in assistive technology uh, and what technology is doing in this world to help people with disabilities. And, and do you have, is there a fee? What is the fee to go to this? Um, actually, I don't know the fee off the top of my head, and it depends on whether you're a member or a non-member or a consumer or a non-consumer. So I'm sure if they go to that website, it's all listed, right? All the information's on the website. All right. Okay. Well, now in addition to all these things you're doing, I noticed that you were giving an you were given an honorary professor award in Hong Kong by Hong Kong Polytechnic Institute. I'm wondering. Tell us about that award and what that meant to you, because I was so impressed when I read that. Well, it means a lot to me, Joyce. Uh, it's uh, nice that uh, to be recognized worldwide. Hong Kong Polytechnic is one of the um, oldest continuously run rehabilitation engineering centers in the world. Uh, Arthur Mack, the department chair there, has made some uh, uh, notable contributions to the field of rehabilitation engineering, and it's been my pleasure over the years to visit the program periodically and and to lecture and actually to have mentored some of their graduate students and their faculty on projects. Uh, they provide services throughout Hong Kong, uh, clinical services, and their department is quite similar to our own in that they have a research program, education program, and a clinical service program. More recently, they've been reaching out to uh, China and helping to build programs there as well. So you can imagine that the uh, the, uh, the wealth of opportunities that is presented to them. So it was quite an honor to be included on their on uh, on their faculty as an honorary professor. And um, I always enjoy uh, going to Hong Kong. It's uh, you know we we uh, get to know the United States pretty well through our travels and our research here, but it's uh, it's always useful or valuable to to get outside and see what's going on in the in other places in the world as well and uh, it's for uh, such a small island uh, it's amazing the amount of work that's uh, going on in Hong Kong isn't that something uh, and you know I agree with you that part about the opening your eyes through traveling and seeing the rest of the world because we really are one world and we do live in a global economy and world today, and I always tell people, when you have a disability, I'll use epilepsy as the example, it's epilepsy. I don't care if you're in Hong Kong, the United States, or where you are, a seizure is a seizure. So that's why it's important for us to remember to help all of our brothers and sisters, no matter where they are. And with that, we're going to go to our break. We'll be back to close the show with, to me, a champion and role model for all people with disabilities, Dr. Rory Cooper from the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. 
Connecting your world. The Internet's number one talk and information station. VoiceAmerica.com At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Make Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome back, and we've been talking to my friend and the friend of all people with disabilities, Dr. Rory Cooper, who is such an accomplished, distinguished professor and author of several books, and it's been an honor having you with us. You know, Rory, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is I know that nationally there are a lot of initiatives going on right now telling kids, don't forget about science. And I wondered, what is your advice to any young people listening to the show with disabilities about the importance of having those skills in math and science? I think that a lot of kids with disabilities, and, uh, and maybe even their guidance counselors are somewhat to blame here, but uh, they don't think of science and engineering and technology as viable career options, and they are. In many ways, they might be your best career option. Uh, one way to think about that is uh, many children with disabilities grow up uh, using technologies, advanced technologies ahead of their peers. 
Mm-hmm. Just think of the augmentative communicators mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, I would encourage kids with disabilities to stay in their science classes, take those technology classes, take your high school physics classes. And uh, I just think even when I was a college student 25 years ago, and it was uncommon for people with uh, disabilities to study engineering, my undergraduate school engineering professors really took it more as a challenge. They uh, didn't, uh, they weren't so worried about my disability. They thought this is really more, took it more as an engineering problem. Let's figure out how to make sure that Rory gets the best education he can. And I think you'll find in the sciences a lot of people who are uh, problem solvers, and um, I think that people with disabilities can make excellent contributions in the area. We have in, in our department actually uh, support the TechLink program, and uh, Sandra Boleras has been working on that for a number of years to encourage kids with disabilities and kids without disabilities working together to learn more about science and technology. Uh, recently, we've uh, probably in the last five years, we've been working with kids in the middle middle school uh, with uh, looking with the uh, Mindstorm uh, robots from Lego and participating in the uh, first Lego competition across the country. And uh, Actually, the last two years, they've done very well in their regional competitions, uh, the local teams. And I think it has multiple advantages. It exposes kids to science and technology in a positive way, uh, but it also shows that kids with and without disabilities can work together because that's really the future. Kids, uh, you know, once they graduate from high school and graduate from college, I want them to have that experience and say, you know, I, I, I know kids with uh, cerebral palsy, and I, when I was uh, in middle school or in high school, and we did science projects together, and hopefully they'll, they'll be colleagues side-by-side uh, side in the workforce. That's right, and that TechLink program is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Sandra Valores is the executive director, and it is very much supported from Pitt and Highmark. Tom Tabor is the chairman of the board from Highmark, and I've been affiliated with them, and I think, and been on the board, and I think that is a tremendous program because it encourages uh, students with disabilities to look at opportunities in technology, just as you said, and be independent and focuses on the future, meaning don't stop your education. I really think it's a great program. Well, I don't know how you're going to answer this next question here, uh, Rory, because you have so many accomplishments in your life that when I read this bio, I thought, wow, I mean, how many people write books, win a bronze medal in the Paralympics, you know, teach unbelievable areas such as bioengineering, mechanical engineering, and uh, also I know that you're a professor of physical medicine and rehab and orthopedic surgery at the University of Pittsburgh, and we could go on and on. I'm wondering, as I ask all of my guests, what is your proudest accomplishment? Well, actually, uh, that's not so difficult for me because uh, my proudest accomplishment is when I see my uh, students succeed. Mm. Uh, because, uh, in, I guess, uh, I see myself as a teacher and an engineer, and I think the devices that we make when they go out in the marketplace and help people with disabilities, that makes me very happy. And when I see our, um, the graduates of our program or the students that I've taught go out and succeed, uh, that makes me happy because it uh, makes me very proud to see that we have a future. 
And there's much work to be done, and we need generations of people out there uh, working to uh, promote full uh, integration and participation of people with disabilities. Well, you know what? Spoken spoken uh, by a true leader. It's, you know, that shouldn't surprise me that your answer would not be about awards and accolades, but about helping your students succeed. And you certainly have had an impact on Jamie Protho, uh, but I'm sure you've had an impact on hundreds. And, you know, I was just thinking about that great thing because you can hopefully also impact these students in their attitude about people with disabilities. Well, Joyce, and, you know, as you know, my own lab, we have a number of students with disabilities and without disabilities working together, and I hope it's a, you know, it's a microcosm for what the workplace of the future will look like, and that uh, I think by the students that at least work here, uh, they see that it, uh, it does, it is effective, and that uh, people with and without disabilities can accomplish a lot together. And I'm, I'm hoping that they carry that message with them as they go out into the workplace. A question that is emailed from our listeners frequently that I wanted to ask you is, uh, what is your opinion that parents want to know what to do when they feel that at times their children with disabilities are labeled in school systems and that the bar is lowered? Well, I think there's uh, two things that they, they really need to do. And the, the parents need to be uh, effective advocates for their children, and they need to teach their children to advocate for themselves. Because, unfortunately, people with disabilities still need to be able to advocate for themselves or have an advocate for them. The other thing they need to do is uh, just absolutely insist on giving their that their children get the best education that they can possibly get. They should not accept getting a substandard education. And I can understand that. I've, I've, I've actually uh, participated in those discussions where, um, where we'll just not worry about science and we'll have them take an, you know, an extra literature class or something like that. And while that may be valuable for some people, but if, it's in the, child, if the child is interested in science, then, then the laboratories and the exercises should be made so that they can fully participate and learn all of the basic principles being taught. Yes, right. That's why you can't ever allow anyone to lower the bar for your child. Uh, but I think it's also important to listen to Rory's words when he said, yes, of course, you should be an advocate because a child needs an advocate. But then you should also teach your child to be an advocate because, you know, when you, as you grow up, you need to be able to advocate for yourself. Right, things are getting better, but still, you know, it's, you can expect that there are times when you're going to need to advocate for yourself. Well, uh, Rory, first of all, I want to tell you it is truly, to me, a privilege to have you in Pittsburgh, although you are known throughout the world. And uh, this is one person from the day I've known him has always been supportive and treated me just with the utmost respect and class and it was an honor to have you with us on the show today um, I ask all of our guests to leave a message with our listeners and what message would you like to leave well uh, to keep doing the good work uh, it's been a pleasure to be on your show and um, of course it's always a pleasure talking with you Joyce and um, 
I guess my last message to your listeners are uh, that uh, engineering is a wonderful profession. It's been a wonderful profession for me. And uh, if you're so inclined, I would say go for it. Go for it. I agree with Rory. Well, with that, I end every show with a quote from either a famous civil rights leader or an individual who is going to impact quality of life for people with disabilities. And today that quote is from Larry Glasscock, the CEO of WellPoint. And he says, we are committed to hiring people with disabilities, not because of charity, not because we feel sorry for them, because it is good for the business says Larry Glasscock, and isn't that the truth? I hope all of you business leaders will take those words seriously. Also, thank you to WellPoint for being so gracious and allowing us to have our show here today. Rory, thank you again for being with us. We're behind you, Rory. Keep up the great work you're doing. Thanks, Joyce. It's been a pleasure. All right, and with that, I'll see you all next week. You've been listening to Joyce Bender. America's Voice on VoiceAmerica.com. See you next week. Get that one for the th-